You're listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Well, it's always a privilege to invite our guest speaker. I might put that down. Um, and uh, today, it's, there's no difference. It's my daughter today. Come on. So good. So proud of my kids, all of them. But it's great to let's just welcome Becky. Becky and Mike, pastor of an amazing church in Luton, Elam Church. They both co lead there. And they know that we're going to be in for a treat. So come on, let's give them a welcome from Northampton. Thanks, Bex. Thank you. Well, it's so good to be with you today and um, just sending love to my church back in Luton today. They're having a party today. It's their international celebration and also a Hallelujah Day. I don't know. You do Hallelujah Day, I think, here. Well, I got it from here, this idea of Hallelujah Day. It's our alternative to Halloween. So that's all going on back at our church today. And, uh, you know, when we have the international Sundays, that's when we bring all the food out and everyone gets involved and it's so marvellous and I'm not missing it at all. But honestly, even though there's so much excitement going on, you know, it, it, it wasn't a chore to come to you today. I always love coming to be with my family here in Northampton. And you know, this season that you are in right now is great, isn't it? I mean, it's fantastic what we see God doing. It's, it's, it's also, it's a, it's a big thing that you're carrying right now in this season with moving buildings and, you know, going beyond your four walls. You know, if we, you talk, we're talking a lot about buildings and structure in the church right now, but don't be mistaken to thinking that we're just about the four walls of the church. I mean, you as a church, you are going so beyond the four walls of your church, you can't even stay in your own home and your own building and you happen to spill out into a theatre. And don't let anyone tell you that even of Northampton, oh, that's a show church because they're at a theatre. No, you're a congregation. You're being obedient to the word of God. You're not staying stuck and comfortable because I tell you, you could stay where you are comfortably. You don't have to pay rent. Why are you paying rent when you've got your own home? But you're being obedient and it's uncomfortable and you're taking on now this new, this new challenge of moving into a new house. If anyone has moved house, you know how stressful it is. I think they say it's up there with grief, the stress that comes when you're moving house. Now, times that by how many hundred of you all moving house at the same time. I tell you, it's really incredible, and I'm praying for you and all that's happening, and it's just a privilege to be here. So, you ready for the words? Last week, I listened to the message from my mum, which was amazing. You were talking about this subject of better together, and she talked all about citizens, that we are all citizens of heaven. We have this dual citizenship, and it's a really good message. If you missed it, go and watch it. If you've already watched it, go watch it again, because you'll see and hear things that you didn't hear before, and it was just, it's really inspired me, and I just want to kind of build on all the things that she said last week, and I want to talk to us today about this subject of being better together, but in in the context of the church. The church is one of my favorite things to talk about. Everybody say church. 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 And I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, I underestimate or I can undervalue how incredible the church is. Make no mistake, what we're doing, should we lose this? 
Great, let's take this instead. Make no mistake. That's better, isn't it? It is not insignificant what we are doing here every Sunday. When you go out on Thursday to the prayer meeting, it's not insignificant what you're doing. When you're rehearsing here for worship, when you're down on Saturday sorting out toys for Top Stop on a, on a weekend, it is no small thing what you are doing when you are coming together as church. Don't forget, like me, sometimes I forget the value of what it is that we are when we're coming together. You see, better together wasn't our idea. It was the Lord's idea. That's why he gave us this gift called the church with a body of Christ. And it's part of the gospel message. That's how important it is. The gospel is that, you know, the Lord, he sent his one and only son to earth to show us the way He was perfect and blameless. He was fully man, but also fully God. And he took that cross. All of our shame, all of our sin, sin, all of our sin hung on him on that day. And then when he died, he then was in the grave on the second day. And then he rose again on the third day. And he came back to this earth. And there was people that had been walking with him just two days ago that didn't even recognize him. And people that didn't even believe that was him when they did recognize him. He had to put out his hand and say, look, go on, you can put your your fingers in the holes where they pierced me. And then what happened? He went up to heaven. He went up, but then it's like, you know, the party bags come down and he sent down the Holy Spirit to be here and it fell upon what we now call the church. But you know what? That's not it. That's not the story over. That's almost like gospel part one because there's another part coming, isn't there? Where Jesus, he's coming back. The coming king is coming back. And what is it that Jesus is coming back for? He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for you and I. That's how much worth is in the church. I don't know about you, but if I was in heaven, sitting right next to the Father on my chalange, that's just how I envision it, you wouldn't be getting me out of heaven back down here, especially after the way you treated me last time. I wouldn't be moving, but you know, the church moves Jesus and it moves Jesus. And there's a day that's going to come where he's going to come back to get us. And if that doesn't remind you of how significant it is when we are all together in this way, when we come together as the body, then I don't know what will. And so let me remind you, and Lord, let me just pray right now that Jesus today, there would almost be like a leap that goes on in our stomachs right now. A reminder, Holy Spirit, would you come and just revive us, breathe afresh on us and let us just hear and know all over again what it is to be your church that you so love and you adore and that you are coming back to get. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Okay. So Jesus is coming back. Question is, will you and I be waiting? You see, I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to ask you, I'm just going to assume that you are waiting with me. And the question was this, in your waiting for him to return, are you going to be a kingdom builder or a sleepy believer? Are you going to be a sleepy believer or a kingdom bold believer? And that was the question that I wanted to ask you, but I just felt that the Holy Spirit said to me, you don't need to ask them that question. I just need you to remind them of the answer. You see, 
as a church, you are not a sleepy church. Amen. You are not a sleepy church. This church is not asleep. You are a kingdom building kind of church. You are a bold believing kind of church. And I'm here to remind you of that today, of what you already know, what is already within you. I'm here to just encourage you and I want to strengthen what I believe is already a strength of yours. How do I know that you're kingdom builders and you're not sleepy believers? Because if you were a sleepy church, I don't believe God would be entrusting you with what he's entrusting you with. You see, right now you are carrying something that not all will carry. Not every church gets to take over massive warehouses because of the bursting at the seams. Not every church gets to raise and give the amount that you've been, like you've been given. Lots of great stuff happens in many churches and lots of other churches carry different things, but not every church and no church will carry what it is that God has assigned you to carry. And just from my own just natural observation, I can tell you're not a sleepy church, but I believe the Spirit was prompting me and reminding me that I need to ask you what you are, whether you're asleep or not. I just had to remind you, no, you're awake because the Spirit knows that you're awake because the Spirit is blessing you. God is blessing you right now in this season and I want to remind you to be wide awake fully alert do not let the enemy in this season lure you off to sleep with a little folding off the hands stay alert so what I want to do with that is I want to just look at a passage in Acts if you've got your Bible you can turn with me to Acts chapter 2 verse 42 it's just one verse that I want to look at and then I'm just going to unpack from the gospel of Acts what it looks like just in the introduction, just some foundational things of what it looks like to be the church, just as a reminder for us today to get us strengthened up. I think it will take a lifetime of learning to grasp all that it is to be the church and be the body of Christ. So just in these next few moments we have, we're just going to get a little snippet, but I believe we're going to be encouraged. Okay, Acts chapter 2, 42, it says this. The title is, The Believers Form a Community. The Believers Form a Community. So like this is the moment that the church is starting to assemble. And then this is the first few words that is said about what the church looks like. So the Believers Form a Community. And on that, there are many communities in our life. There's many communities, pockets of communities that we might identify with or be part of. Like I've got a school community at home. Um, I've got about three of them. And then there's like all other stuff that's attached to that. And then there's lots of communities in our world that are doing great things, not necessarily for the Lord, but they're doing great things. And there might be things that you're part of. You've got work communities and you might have hobby communities. There's lots of communities. So what is it that makes it different about this community? See, we're not just any other community that just share a common cause. Do you know that? See, we are the believers. We're a community of believers. We're not just any other. We are set apart because we are together. Our common cause is Jesus the community of believers. And whilst in life there'll be many communities that fight for our attention, this is the community that Jesus is coming back for. This is the community, the church, his church is what he's coming back for. And it's important to keep it as a priority in our lives. 
And so it says this, all the believers, everybody say all. All, all give it some welly. All. all. All the believers, and you might think, well, I'm just one person. They won't even notice if I'm not joining in. They won't even notice if I'm not at the prayer meeting. They might not even notice if I go down at four o'clock this afternoon. You know what? I want to tell you, Jesus knows, notices. And we can't say all if it's not all. See, the Bible doesn't say some. It says all. So it means that every single one of you counts, whether you feel like people notice you or not. We can't say all without the one. So all this is for. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. Just four little things I want to break down for us today. And that is just the snippet, opening line, the prelude of what it looks like to be the church. But I just want to just go through this step by step. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, what it looks like to be the church. The church are devoted to teaching. Devoted to teaching. When you sign up to be a follower of Jesus, you're signing up to a lifelong journey of learning of what it means to be his follower, what it means to be Christ-like, to be what it means to be part of the body. Like I said earlier, it's a lifelong journey. It's not just something you sign up for and then you're in and done. You know everything that needs to, needs to know about. You know, this is why we come to church every Sunday because it's a journey. This is why the Word teaches us to open the Word daily, because it's a journey that we have to remain on. See, there can be two types of people in church. There's lots of types of people in church, but two kind of categories we might fall into when it comes to teaching. We might, you know, go, yeah, I've said the salvation prayer. I've got my get into heaven, get out of hell, jail, free card. So I'm, I'm in, I'm safe. But, you know, if that's all you do, you become a sleepy believer. You're like, well, I don't, I don't really need to do anything else. I've got my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's sealed. It's done. And you know what? If you want to live that way, in fact, no, don't live that way. That's not any way to live. It's like if you get married to someone, you might have that contract, that piece of paper that says you're married. But if that's it, and then you don't speak to your spouse ever again or do life with them or converse with them, that's not a marriage. You might be married on paper, but it's not a marriage. And it's not going to end well, let me tell you. And then there could be other types of people. And these might be people, it's generalization, but these might be people that have been in the church for a long time, might have grown up in the church. And you're super hard on yourself. So you can be restricted from learning because you don't let yourself make any mistakes like you're just terrified of sin more so you're terrified of anyone finding out that you sin because you know that they know that you're not supposed to sin in the church but that's not the truth see God gave us his grace and sometimes you can put yourself in a position of not being a learner because you cannot afford to make any mistakes so what you're actually saying is I am someone that has to know it all I can't be seen to do making any imperfections in my life and then you prevent yourself from being in the seat of learner so you prevent yourself from being someone that is taught and devoted to the teaching because you can't get it wrong ever but actually that's really prideful 
But when you humble yourself and go, you know what? When I signed up for this, I realized that it was going to be a journey of learning. You feel more released because you know that you're on a journey. And if you ever get a position of being a teacher, you know that that means that's going to require even more learning from you. And so it's a little bit like this. I want you to imagine that this balloon, Lolly, will you come and help me? Just run up here. Jess, will you come and help me as well? Just run up here. I want you to pretend that these balloons are brains. So Jess, I'm going to hand you the big brain. This is someone who's obviously done a lot of learning. And then Lolly, oh, she's my friend. So I'm going to hand you the puny brain, which outwardly you would say, well, this is the person that obviously doesn't do a lot of learning. And so sometimes when you look like this, you think, well, I don't need to be in the seat of learner anymore. And this over here, if this is how you see your brain, you get overwhelmed sometimes by that brain going, well, I'll never have a brain as big as that, so I'll just give up and I won't learn anymore. But here's the thing. And you can put that picture up of the little child that's blowing up a balloon. Our faith has to remain that like a child in some ways, so that we are always seated in the learner capacity, in the learner seat of always being ready to learn all that there is. See, we get to the end of our days and we still won't know all there is to know about Jesus. You see, here on this life, here is our life, there is eternity. If we learn all there was to learn about Jesus in this little time frame, our brains would be fried, popped, gone. And that's what can happen sometimes. This is what it's like when you're a believer that's devoted to learning, devoted to the teaching of Jesus. You go every day, Lord, I'm a vessel, breathe in me. Every Sunday, Lord, I go and I'd be part of the body of Christ because I'll learn something. Every day, Lord, when I'm on my way to work, I speak to you, Lord, because I am in the seat where I am learning and I'm following. And you allow God to just breathe in you and keep growing you and keep teaching you. However, they'll come at you might think, oh, I'm doing really well. Look, I've overtaken puny elder over there. I'll keep going. And you know what can happen? Sometimes you get more of the teaching, more wisdom inside of you. And then sometimes there'll come a moment. Have you ever read a scripture in the Bible that you've read so many times, but all of a sudden, that one scripture that you were taught in Sunday school, as an adult, it's now blowing your mind all over again. That's why you've got to read the Bible over and over. Because sometimes we could read some at 20 times, but on the 21st time, there might be an absolute download from heaven that we didn't even ever see before. Some it might come and go, whoa, everything I thought I knew about that verse has completely changed. And that's what can happen. God can sometimes do stuff in your life or work things in your life that makes you go, I thought I knew everything. I thought I knew about this verse. I thought I knew about this experience and how to do this job. Then all of a sudden, brain explosion. God blows your brain and then you're back to square one of learning. And see, this is what it looks like to be on the forever journey of being, in the te- being the person that's devoted to the teaching of the word of God. You will ebb and flow sometimes. If you could pass me that spitty balloon, I'm sorry, that's an awful job. God bless you, Nathan. Sometimes when this happens, we go, well, now I'm demoted. Now I feel deflated. And now, especially when I come to church, I don't want to go to church because I'm going to see so-and-so who's got big brain over here and all the wisdom. But sometimes when we're in this position, sometimes God's got you in the best position. It could be when you see people in this position, it could be that they've actually had an elevated brain, an elevated balloon like 100 times over. 
You don't know what stage someone's journey is on just on the basis of how much teaching they had. What I'm trying to tell you is the learning journey goes on and on. It's a cycle forever and ever learning what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. And so we never need to slip back. We'll never reach the point of perfection. We can't fall asleep because there is so much for us that God has, so much breath of God that he has to breathe in on us. So we've got to be a church that are devoted to the teaching. Thank you girls so much. You can take your brains with you if you want. Thank you. We've got to be a church that are devoted, not excited about teaching, because excitement will wear off. It doesn't say be excited, because there's moments when you get all excited about what God's teaching you, but when the excitement pops, actually that could be when God is doing some of the biggest things in your life, doing some of the biggest lessons in your life. And just another word of encouragement, just... Be aware that it said the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. That doesn't mean that you will only go and find someone who calls themselves apostle that you will listen to. It just means, you know what? Have wisdom about where you're getting your teaching from. Have wisdom and discernment about who it is you're allowing to feed your life, which is going to help my next point. Now, number two. It says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. And then it says that... They were devoted also to fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship is one of those words, I'm like, it's kind of old-fashioned. Maybe we can just rewrite it out of the Bible and say something else. And then I had to, you know, realize that fellowship is a power word. It's not something that's out of date. It's a pretty good word that we need to establish to our life. And I broke it down like this, to mean fellows in a ship. Fellowship means who is in your ship. Who are the people that you are doing life with? Because, you know, we're better together. We're not supposed to do life on our own. And so see fellowship as a picture like this, where we've all got a ship called life. And today I'm not actually talking about getting out of the boat I know that Jesus, you know, called Peter out of the boat to walk on the water. I know Jonah got out of the boat. But today I'm actually talking about staying in the boat, staying in the ship, staying the course. And if you're going to stay the course, if you're going to stay and do this thing called church, if we're going to stay all together, it's going to take commitment. It's going to take also more than that. It's going to take a fellowship of believers around you and within your ship with you. You see, we're not called to be in the ship on our own, just sailing around. Sometimes it's nice, isn't it? Just to be sailing on your own, peaceful, no aggravation, bliss. That's not how God's called us to ride the waves. That's not how God has called us into the ship. I wonder if... um, uh, is Caroline out there? Do you want to come and help me? You can come and get in my ship. Matty, why don't you come? Joanna, why don't you come help me get in my ship? Nathan, do you want to come? He's looking away. He's like, I don't want to get in that ship. No, you, God is calling. Come in this ship. Here you are. I'll, um, here you are. You know what? Caroline, you come at the front. I'm going to make room for you right at the front. Priority space. You can sit down. Let's see how many of us can get in the front. Matty, you might be like, you know what, Matty, you'll be like the one that's jet skiing behind, attached to the ship. Like, go ahead, I'm holding on. We all need the, that's it, are we in? Are we in? Get hold of the string, Matty. Are we all in? And we can squeeze, you can come squeeze in with your wife if you want to. 
I don't know if you can do it, but we'll try. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it can look like sometimes when we commit to fellowship. Fellows in our ship. See, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, walk with the wise and become wise. So it's important who you've got surrounding your life. It's important to take stock of who is in your ship with you because you'll become like the people that are in your ship. So it's important that there's wisdom in your ship. It's important that you make room and slow down and make sure that you're letting people get on board the ship. Well, I'm going where no Christian has been before. No, sometimes you've got to go, whoa. And sometimes you think people in your ship are trying to slow you down when actually trying to give you wisdom at times. There'll be people at all times that will give you some energy and give you a bit more fuel and keep you going. But this is why we all need to be together in fellowship within the ship. Amen. And sometimes we don't like it because it gets a bit more crowded doesn't it? As soon as we get butts in the face and people sitting on our toes and we don't really like it. And see, when you're in the ship, you get up close and personal and you can see the sweat and you can see the pores on their face. We can smell their breath. I just, just spat on you a little bit. I'm so sorry, Carola. Sometimes it just gets a bit too personal in the ship, but we're called to do life together, which means sometimes we've got to let people see the real us. Because then people can speak into the real issues for us. Sometimes we can go along and people in our ship can go, I can see the plank or the speck in your eye. And they're the people that can come alongside and help you take it out. When the waves start to go, everyone, waves come in, waves come in, waves come in, go. Waves, everyone, waves, waves are coming, waves are coming. When the waves start to go and I want to jump out the ship, when I want to jump out the ship, your fellowship will pull you back in. And when someone else goes, oh no, 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 look at the cruise liner over there. Someone else goes, no, focused forward. We're not going for the party over there. We are staying the course. I know that looks better for a moment, but it's fleeting. It's going to sail by. Stay the course. And when you're in fellowship, you have an agreement. You are in agreement with one another that we are not the captains of this ship. Jesus is at the helm of our ship. He is who we are following. He is the one that we are having, the one that is leading us on this fellowship. There is no one else. We're not detouring. And together we follow after the direction of our captain. Amen. And as a fellowship, you help each other. Stay aboard. Stay afloat. Sometimes in the fellowship, you can get discouraged when someone does, even though you've tried to pull them back. When someone goes, you know what, forget it. You can't actually do anything about it. I'm going to go be part of the pirate ship. And you know, sometimes that can be the most painful thing when that happens. When people leave your fellowship. When people leave following Jesus. Especially when they were so close. That's why it hurts when people leave your church or when people leave from years of discipling them, where people in your family don't follow Jesus, it hurts, it's meant to hurt, because they were so close to you, it's like a limb being torn from you. But that's why you need to make sure there's others around you, because we will keep each of us supported, and then we can keep praying for the people that jump ship too soon. We can be praying that at some point God will bring them home and bring them back into fellowship. So we need the fellowship. We need to be together. And there are moments when we are all on our own. There are moments because sometimes God is steering us on a course and he's about to bring people on our ship, but stay the course. Even when you feel like there's no one in your ship right now, stay the course and be praying, praying Lord and believing that God is going to bring the right fellowship of people around you today. And you know what, if you're in this room right now, if you're listening online and you're like, it's too late for me because I actually jumped the ship. Jesus comes to you today. He comes to you with a, in the form of a whale with a life jacket. 
And he says, don't worry, if you allow me to, I will scoop you up. And it might feel icky in that well, but I will really navigate you. I will relaunch you and put you back on the right path. See, Jonah, he was with the wrong crew. He was in the wrong fellowship and he had to go overboard for a time. But the whale came and put him back on course and got him back into the right fellowship and on the right track with Jesus. Give a hand for my fellowship up here. Thank you. Being in fellowship is so important to us and to God. And that's what it can look like to be the church. And I really want to encourage you in this season, stay the course. Stay the course. What's happening right now in the life of the church, for the church, it isn't just for the church, it's for your personal life as well, as well right now. If you're going through something right now personally, make no mistake, God's moving in the whole body right now. So be on guard. Like maybe this stuff that I'm going through, it, it, it might be connected. God and the enemy might be trying to deter you or distract you with something that might be going on unrelated outside of our church services. But you know what? Get hold of someone. Get hold of your pastor. Get hold of someone that you can join community with in this church and get a hold of them and get them around you to pray for you so that we can sail through this season together. Amen? Amen. Third point. It also says that they were devoted to sharing in meals. This is one of my favorite points, including the Lord's Supper sharing in meals. See, I love church because sometimes there's just so much food that flows in church. It's great. One of these great women in my church the other night, they brought this strawberry rhubarb crumble that they made from the garden. And I was like, sister, you've reminded me all over again that I just love church. It was like a cuddle inside of my belly. We get a lot of food in church spiritually and physically. But this scripture is telling us that we're not just part of the body to receive, though that is part of it, hallelujah, but we're also part of it because we're here to share. We're here to get involved with the making of the food and the serving of the food. Yes, you'll get to sit down and eat in it and share in a meal. But there's also times that, like in a family, you have to also muck in. You have to be part of the serving and the sharing that goes around. You know what? I don't have much else to say about this point because I think it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? We come here not just to receive, but also to give out. We come here not just to eat, but also to feed somebody else because that's what we do when we're a family. And yes, you might not like what so-and-so cooks, but that's why you have to cook as well. But you know what? That's what happens in a family. I'll spend hours making a meal only for someone to go, even just at the smell of it approaching. But we're family, so it's okay. We all get involved. We all make, each, make room for one another to make the mistakes. We all make room for one another to participate ever tried baking with a child hmm you don't bake with a child for the cake do you you bake so they can have a lovely experience of learning what it's like to be involved and it'd be so tempting to be like stand out the way let me do the put no you can't crack the egg because we're going to have eggshell sometimes you just got to eat a bit of eggshell because it's part of helping people understand that you're part of sharing in what happens here you know what I don't know whether it was covid or what but we just got out of the habit of inviting people to our tables because there was a whole season where we, it was against the law to do that but as a church, we've got to get back in the habit of inviting people to our tables and not just turning up ready to be the ones that eat. Also going, hey, why don't you come to mine this time? Let me feed you this time. And sharing in resources. The church that we read about in Acts, they shared everything they had. 
And together when we come, we're sharing in this massive project. We're sharing this house together. We're sharing our worship together. And it's so beautiful. Last point, and worship team, you can start to prepare to come back because I'm coming in to land. My last point is this. You can like count down like 60 seconds. They were devoted to prayer. And that's not just, you know, this is not just a plug for you to come out to the prayer meetings. Yes, they're important. Prayer meetings are so important to be part of. Praying together is so important. We could do a whole campaign about prayer and praying together as a church. But I just want to say this one point about prayer. I want to remind you that in our praying together, remember that there's another togetherness in prayer. When we pray, Jesus is always involved. When we pray, God the Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus is also involved. See, sometimes we forget that prayer isn't just us talking to God. Us as a church, it's not just us praying and appealing and giving what we need to say to the Lord, but it's also hearing back from God. When he talks about being better together, he didn't mean that that wasn't him included. It meant because he's included, that he's in the togetherness. He is in the body. He's in the church. He is amongst our prayer meetings. And sometimes God wants to have a say. And when we come to pray, maybe we just need to pause now and then and go, God, what is it that you're going to say? What is it that you want us to pray about even? And there's this thing called second seated prayers. Second seated prayers and some chairs will come up. And this is like a little reminder that when you're praying, remember that there's something called second seated prayers where actually before I take my seat, I'm going to pull out a seat because I'm going to hear from Jesus and what he wants to say. I'm going to allow God to sit down first and lead actually the prayer session. Lead where it is that I'm going to intercede before I then take my seat. Because actually sometimes we're praying and we're praying for lots of things, but sometimes we just need the Holy Spirit actually to direct what it is we're going to intercede for. And when I was praying for you and praying for the church and, you know, I went to see your building yesterday and I could just cry thinking about it. And I really encourage you, four o'clock this afternoon, go down to the building. Change whatever it is you need to change. Something might be happening right now in your heart. We go, I don't know what it is, but I just know I need to be there. When you walk around those walls, allow it to be a second seated prayer. God, I'm not going to say anything. God, I'm just going to look around. And Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you guide my vision and guide my thoughts and guide my prayers. And as you go around, allow God to give you vision. Allow God to speak to you about what it is that he is doing and what he is calling you to be a part of. You see, it's not just a practical thing to walk around that building. It's a spiritual thing to walk around. Because you know what? Right now, we're praying for a change in the use of that building we want to change it to be a place of worship and be in church leadership myself and looking at different buildings for our churches. I know that that's a really hard thing to do. But instead of praying for your change of use, I felt the Holy Spirit just asked me to be quiet. And I said, actually, God, what do you say about this issue right now? And I felt the Lord just prompt me and say, this that was built by man not for you, but I've got other plans. 
This that was built by man, not by his thinking, that it would be a place of worship. I'm not just going to make a place of worship, but I'm going to make it a house that is built on prayer. My house will be a house of prayer. You see, God is allowing you to take dominion in areas that people didn't build for you, but God knows better. He is allowing you to carry something where he is allowing you to take and stretch your tent pegs for his glory. What man was building not to glorify God, little did they know that the community of believers, he is giving you position right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that what this church is carrying, I ask that right now and this morning, it would just be like a leap that happens in their womb for what they're carrying. I want this message to just be like your Elizabeth to your Mary to what you are carrying today. What you are carrying has purpose. What you are carrying is important and it's of significance. And God is about to bring forth something that only he can do. It is in his hands. And so I encourage you, go and walk those floors and those steps and those walls and those grounds today and allow God to speak to you what only he can speak and he will start to intercess on behalf of you. So yes, we Lord, we pray for everything to go the way that we want it to go with ease and with peace. But Lord, we're just going to listen, Lord, to what you're saying also at this time. Amen. I want to just finish by reading this last part of the scripture and it will come up on the screen. I repeat, all the believers, they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And then it goes on to say this, listen to what happens when you are the church. See, a deep sense of awe came over them all. There's that word again. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Look what happens when you are a devoted community of believers. Next slide. Let me just sum up that scripture for you. What it produces is a sense of all in all of you. This isn't just for your pastors and your leaders and your elders. There's a sense of all that will take place in your heart if you will get involved with what God is doing. Signs and wonders, shared experience because we're in this together in the ship, the fellowship, and salvation daily that was happening in their community. God, we thank you. Let's all stand to our feet. God, I thank you so much for who you are and all that you are doing in the kingdom. We thank you, God, for the peace that we get to play. We thank you, God, that to my left and to my right and in front of me and behind me are my brothers and sisters. And together, we are the church. And that also surrounding us is you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are all around us. 
Lord, I want to just recommit into your hands today my life, this church, and also this project. If you're able to, why don't you just put your hands out in front of you? And say, God, I want you to have your way. You're coming back. And we will be ready. God, we so long for you. And in the waiting, in this in-between moment, I'm going to be a bold believer, a kingdom builder. I'm going to do this together. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We're going to worship together. And let's just allow that sense of awe of the Holy Spirit to just surround us. And as we worship, remember you're not just worshipping your God. We're worshipping our God. What a thing. Let's worship our God. Thank you.